Oh, well, <laughs> who knew that? I didn't know they that. They are not mammals. Well, yeah, but no, they have no, they have no oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's my doctor girlfriend. Right, I got gotcha. you. I love you. <laughs> Hello. Hi. Welcome to We Don't Deserve Dogs. I'm Dr. Lisa Lippman. And I'm Richie Redding. We we made the TV come alive yet again. This was amazing. Yes. This was absolutely, we, totally incredible. We started uh, watching 60 Minutes. We saw this man on the show. And by the time it was over, he was booked to do the podcast. <laughs> uh, he's a wildlife veterinarian. He's a friggin' panda doctor. He's a Cheeto hound. He's a thirst trap <laughs> posting. Hottie with that body. And co-author of some real bad... Bangers of research papers such as detection of novel coronaviruses in bats in Myanmar, Dr. Mark Valatudo. Hi, hi. Big fan of your research papers, man. Just big fan. Uh, <laughs> I mean, like real heads know that my favorite is characterizing the risk of bat-borne virus exposure at popular cave destinations in Southeast Asia for prevention and response. <laughs> that shit slaps, dude. I mean, I'm just <laughs> from front to back. So we were watching 60 Minutes. It was on uh, Pandas. A little bit about panda sex, right? Pandas. Well, yes. Yeah, we're, we're gonna go trust there. me. We're going to ask this guy all about <laughs> panda sex. Um, Listeners, don't Well, that's worry. all there is. But yeah, anyway. <laughs> um, where they asked you. <laughs> Why are they black and white? <laughs> <laughs> you handled that like a pro, though. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah. Why are those animals that live in the snow white and black? After four years of veterinary <laughs> How school. <come? laughs> Lots of postgraduate work, all the papers you've published, all the debt we're in. Why are pandas black and white? <laughs> yeah. Do you want to do you want to know something funny about that? Actually, yeah. Right, be, right before the interview, they told me I was going to have to answer some basic questions too, and I started to panic because I actually didn't know the most basic questions about pandas, such as why are they black and white. <laughs> so I very quickly went online, googled. <laughs> Panda facts, <laughs> top 10 facts about giant pandas. And I looked at Natio kids. And one of the questions is, why are they black and white? Amazing. So I'm like, okay, I got it. <laughs> he actually asked it. I'm like, perfect. That's why you love That's so funny. Yeah, the pocket it, ace. It is true, though. It's like those basic things, those super basic things. I mean, people ask me things all the time. I'm like, I don't, seems like I should know this, but. <laughs> so where are you joining us from? And uh, what are you currently doing with yourself other than appearing on 60 Minutes? Um, I'm actually in Manhattan right now. Uh, I was supposed to be in China for the last year and a half. I've been, I was kicked out in uh, February, actually, oh. uh, because of coronavirus, the impending um, pandemic. And really? I wound up actually contracting it in New York City. Oh my God. <laughs> Yo, yeah. You left China and got it in New York. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Yeah. Back in March. Wow. Uh, so, uh, 
<laughs> yeah. And so my funding for my salary was actually coming from this project that I had worked so hard to get. And um, because we couldn't do the project anymore because of the, the pandemic, I had to leave my job. So wow. I'm wow. just uh, doing a couple of odd things. So at the moment, I have two jobs where one is I work, I do consulting work for a huge duck farm down in Louisiana where he breeds endangered waterfowl. And um, I also help out uh I'm the head veterinary research and development officer for Kin and Kind, which is a shampoo company and supplement company for dogs and cats. Yes. So, listeners, uh, before we go further, you should absolutely follow. Uh, it's it's Valetudo Potato, something along those lines. Potato Tudo. Potato Tudo. <laughs> and I got to tell you, in just one, I think it was Boomerang, uh, Cheetos with chopsticks. You basically yeah. convinced me in that one boomerang that Asians are the superior race. <laughs> <You've>, <laughs> you can eat Cheetos I without know. getting Cheeto fingers, and you have pandas? <laughs> yeah. I mean, I know. That, it's kind of a you, slam dunk case. You put it in words. You put it in good words. <laughs> yeah, that's what it was. Is that your move, though? Actually, I, I saw it on, like— TikTok or something. But <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's definitely a great life hack. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah. so how did you get to where you are? Like, what set you on on your path to becoming a wildlife vet in particular? You know, I, I've, I've actually been working for zoos for the last twenty something, twenty five years now, since I was 25? like fifteen years old. Oh, okay. where are you from originally? Uh, New York. I'm born and raised in New York City. So you start? Did you start like working in like the Bronx Zoo? Did you grow up working Stat, Staten Island Zoo? I'm oh, from Staten, Staten Island. Island. Oh, right. <laughs> I saw that. Actually. I legit didn't know that Staten I, Island had a zoo. Staten Island has a zoo. <laughs> what is it? Is just like a bunch of angry white people that are <laughs> hooked on fentanyl. <laughs> That's true. And here we have. I worked at a. I worked at a hospital in Staten Island, and we actually it was where I got Narcan trained because Staten Island is actually like the number one overdose capital of the world. Did you know? Wow. Did you know? Yeah. I had no idea. Yeah. I think yeah. it's one of the top five, maybe, overdose capitals. Oh my gosh. Yeah. You'd think they would promote that more. Yeah. You know? <laughs> Seriously. Best kept uh, secret. Stop, stop the, you know, Staten Island Ferry is the number one thing. Gosh, I had no idea. <laughs> <laughs> so you were working there at 15. Yeah. So I've been working at zoos since I was 15 years old. And every year ever since then, I've been working at zoos. So, um, you know, I've always had a passion for wildlife and nature and then wanting to take care of the, the things that um, a lot of people overlook. And I really had a, a penchant for not making money. And uh, uh -huh. so I went into wildlife. Yeah. Awesome. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, and uh, now that you're a panda doctor, I, I know that's not your official name, but uh, <laughs> do the pandas bring all the boys to the yard or what? Being a, no, a they panda don't doctor a, in China, though? They don't have very big milkshakes, believe it or not. So <laughs> no boys to the yard. No. Yeah. Really? Dude, I, that's the ultimate thirst trap, though. Posing with a panda? Holy shit, man. Yeah. That's how, oh. you, that's how you get all. My milkshakes. Yes. yes. Right. Oh, okay. That's <laughs> that's your, right. And yeah. your milkshakes with pandas. I mean, just put a panda on it. Yeah, I would think like posing with a panda in China is, I mean, that's basically like a, for, for America, that's like a stripper that's half bald eagle. Like that is... <laughs> <laughs> a weird, weird uh, centaur type thing. So, okay. We have yes. lots of questions about pandas. Yep. Uh, how, how did sure. you get involved in the panda project? Well, how did you wind up on our TV, man? What'd you do? <laughs> you know something? Uh, 
So uh, just backtrack, I, I did my training after veterinary school. I went to UPenn, graduated in 2006. Respect. And then, uh, oh, yeah. You yeah. can't Quakers tell, but here, this baby. guy who tells dick jokes also went to, to Penn. Uh, I did my nice. post-bed post-back pre-med program. He likes to tell me I didn't go, but I did. I got accepted to the program. Lisa went to summer camp there, yeah. but I attended the university. Were you undergrad Sweet. too, Mark? No, no, no. Okay. Rutgers, Rutgers undergrad. But uh, yeah, so I finished my residency at the Bronx Zoo for mm-hmm. and Cornell um, uh, in 2011. And then I've been working at the Staten Island Zoo and then the Smithsonian since, Smithsonian since 2016. Okay. And so... Um, I was working on my primary projects were working around the world trying to uh, find coronaviruses and other pandemic viruses out in Myanmar and training the people to protect themselves. Uh, but then so I, at the same time, yeah, I was working on creating a relationship with China panda facilities so that way we can bring modern medicine, Western medicine techniques to help train their veterinarians and research scientists to continue to do great work with um, propagating the species, but also putting them back out into the wild. Wow, that's awesome. Yeah, incredible. Uh, I definitely want to touch on the corona stuff, but after I've gotten all my panda curiosity out of me. <laughs> uh, so is, is it true that all pandas are owned by China? Yeah. Every single panda in the world is owned by China. I think that was like a Snapple fact that I encountered <laughs> like 12 years ago, and I got to confirm it today. Wow, that's crazy. <laughs> yeah. Well, why? Uh, you know, it's their national animal. It's, they, they refer to it as their national treasure. And um, obviously, they all only live in China anyway. And so as a a form of diplomacy, it actually started out as a form of diplomacy with other countries around the world. China would, first they started gifting them, but then thereafter, they realized that they had an opportunity to provide funding for the uh, conservation of the species altogether. So what they did was any zoo or or country that wanted to host pandas, usually it's only two or three pandas, um, you have to pay about a 10 to $15 million over a 10-year period just to have them. Yeah. Yeah. Crazy. So they're rental pandas. Yeah. But incorporated <laughs> into that, into that mount is so much money has to go towards research and um, dedicated keepers just for the pandas and all of their food that comes from, it's just bamboo, obviously. So they have to import it most countries. Yeah. And, obviously. And, obviously. <laughs> and, but to that point about diplomacy, uh, didn't Nixon get a pair of of yeah. pandas when he went to China. Right. And so that was supposed to be the or- origin of panda diplomacy. It was with Nixon and uh, was it Mao? Yeah, Chairman Mao. Yeah. A- have you ever heard the uh, the story of when Nixon went to China? The the Secret Service, they di- they sent an advanced team there to get the layout. to So like basically to be able to like tell him like, you know, the basic manners, but like what foods were going to be too gnarly for him and stuff. And they gave him that stuff. But in like big red letters, it was don't drink. It's not soju. What's the the Chinese? Baijiu. Don't. Yeah. Uh. Real big. Don't drink the baijiu. This stuff is pure gasoline, right? It's toxic. Yeah. And they're like, it is not made for human consumption. (laughs) And as soon as they got there, as soon as he met with Mao, Mao's like, would you like a drink? And and it shows up. And Nixon sensed that it was like some man shit that Mao was trying to check him on. 
and and, <laughs> and and without missing a beat, he's like make it a double. <laughs> and and Richard Nixon and Chairman Mao went late into the evening banging back by Joe. And that's oh when, and, and piss drunk was when they got that diplomacy done. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah. It's horrible. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's pretty great though. I've had to have um, some many, many meals that way. Uh, I've had to hide my by Joe under the table and mix it, change it with water. <laughs> that's hilarious. <laughs> Okay, back to pandas. Are all pandas giant pandas? Um, well, technically, you know, you have uh, are there little pandas? <laughs> giant pandas, which are in Chinese, it's da xiang mao, which means big bear cat. But then you have xiao xiong mao, which is small bear cat. Um, and small bear cat is their red panda. Oh, and a red panda is pretty much a raccoon, right? <laughs> no, actually. It, <laughs> It's totally uh, a separate species and a, um, and a completely different um, mammalian family, actually. Yeah, we'll have to post yeah. pictures of this. Uh, how come they're red? <laughs> you know something? <laughs> <laughs> Don't answer that. Got Don't him. answer that. I'm getting, yeah. Stumped Chi- the wizard. Yeah. <laughs> I have looked at those Nat Geo facts. <laughs> yeah. All that fancy book learning of yours. Yeah. Stumped by a yeah. podcaster. Right, right. <laughs> <laughs> and colors. Uh, but yeah, the thing that that you, you just mentioned that they also were talking about on 60 Minutes that, that blew my mind was that the, the typical panda eats 40 pounds of bamboo a day, mm. right? Yeah, I think so. If he said that, if he said that on 60 Minutes, then it's true. But it's just, li- they literally just have to eat all day long. Yeah, because bamboo has—that's like a sloth, right? They're like sloth, like they have—they have no energy in what they eat, yeah. so yeah. they constantly have to eat. Uh, yeah, bamboo has low energy, and and um, so they really need to eat all day long just to be able to get the nutrition out of it. Um, they're they have a, a digestion just like um, horses, a hind gut fermentation. However, because they're bears, their anatomy, their physiology is just like a regular bear or a dog. So, we're in like. Um, a horse or an elephant or an animal like that that normally ferments its food inside of its gut, they don't have that. So the food goes in and then it just rushes out of their body. And so they have to keep eating and eating and eating just to get the energy out of it. Hmm. What does that mean like that it ferments in their gut? I've never heard that term before. So fermentation is just a process where the food sits inside the gut and the bacteria in the gut or it breaks it down and makes... Um, all of the the nutrition inside available for the body to absorb. Hmm. But and and pandas actually have like a meat eater's gut. Exactly. And so it's a very short gut. Do they know how it came about that these things got hooked on bamboo? It's just an evolutionary process where in that was the only thing that was available. That's is, you know, obviously very presumptive. Um but the theory is that as they became more and more inclined to live in areas where only bamboo was found and no more um, uh, prey animals, they started eating what was available to them, which is bamboo. And the bamboo actually, believe it or not, the shoots have a lot more nutrition inside of them than say the leaves or the stalks. By the way, I want to point out that I did not 
hear anything Staten Island. Until he said dog. 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 Yeah. yeah, dude. <laughs> I know. You're, I was waiting for that. <laughs> yeah. You're, dog, I knew it. I knew you were going to say that. Yes. Your, uh, your, your Cantonese or whatever that was accent was pretty good. Yeah. But dog nailed it. <laughs> nailed it. Uh, it's the only way I know how to say it. So. Perfect. Yeah. <laughs> like you can never, I think that's like you can't train that out no. of somebody no. that was raised in Staten Island. <laughs> It's, it's the ultimate Staten truth Island serum. Proud. Yeah. Uh, so obviously my next question, if they're eating 40 pounds of bamboo a day, what is that poop like? Yeah, it's about 40 pounds of poo. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, like. I bet it's not smelly though. It's like horse poop. They only, they eat grass all day. So it's like they poop grass and it's wonderful. <laughs> What's their poop like, Mark? Yeah, what that poop do? You do? Know, my, does, he doesn't clean up the poop. T- to be honest, um, I think Penapoo is, is quite beautiful. It really is like a giant pill of poo of mixed with grasses. It's about, mm, it's like a cannoli, a little bit bigger than a cannoli, you know? <laughs> but just all grass. But 40 pounds. <laughs> yeah, and a lot of it, yeah. Nice and clean and yeah, it's, 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 it's great fertilizer. <laughs> Pandas poop See? cannolis. Yeah. So I mean, they're they're definitely creating jobs with all that all that poo. Yeah. You know what? They're creating so panda. The the panda economy is a massive economy in China, wherein you know there's so much people who want to come see these pandas all over the world, especially in China. In fact, the place I work, the Chengdu Research Base for Giant Panda Breeding, is the second most popular destination in China for Chinese nationals, right behind the Forbidden City. Really? Yeah. And all they have is pandas and red pandas. How much more love do the giant pandas get than the red pandas? Tons more love. They have I their mean, own following. Like they yeah. are celebrities. Each panda has a name and has their own massive fan group on well, online, and they fight with each other. In fact, when I <laughs> wait, I the fan be, groups do the fan groups fight with each other about who's <laughs> got the best panda. And when you're going around, there's you're literally like going to a zoo with just pandas all in every single enclosure. And you could have a panda that's sleeping, and there's a thousand people just staring at this one panda sleeping. But then the next enclosure over, there's panda doing literally jumping jacks and no one watching because it's not their panda. Their panda's <laughs> sleeping one. Yeah. No way. Yeah. That's unbelievable. That's wild. I'm I'm way better with that. Like that sits with me way, way easier than, uh, TikTok children <laughs> being famous. <laughs> yeah. 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 Famous panda. Yeah. yeah even how, if it's sleeping. Uh, how many pandas do they have there? At that facility, they have about 200 pandas, um, and a few more, uh, that are scattered throughout China and the world. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I honestly don't know. Sometimes people <laughs> call me panda and cause I have a little dark circle. I like to think I'm the most followed panda. <laughs> <laughs> panda, 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 panda. Oh, you've been uh, waiting to do that. He's yeah. been waiting to do that. I can't all. believe I haven't done it yet. Yeah, yeah, that song has been stuck in my head since we booked you. Just panda, panda, panda. <laughs> I, I only know that, and I got problems in Atlanta. That's 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 the extent of that song that I can actually make out. Okay. But uh, so, do you have a favorite one? Uh, you know, <laughs> Kung Fu Panda is my favorite. <laughs> yeah, Fair. he's my favorite. He's amazing. I love his cartoons. <laughs> that, was, that was a cop out. You don't want to hear any panda feelings like, here. Uh, do they kill stuff? If if they're in the wild, 
I know they do. They seem so cuddly and so gentle, and so like, is that what yeah. is true of what we're seeing? They're actually quite aggressive, and um, throughout uh, the the panda facilities, there are warning signs for all of the keeper staff to be very careful because the the natural instinct that people have is, I want to hug that panda, I want right. to just you know cuddle it, but they are right. not cuddly, <laughs> and they will destroy you. They have massive claws, massive jaws. Their their yeah. canines are are about three four inches long, and um, it's for obviously cutting up bamboo. But uh, they will like tear into your flesh, and there are pictures everywhere of the damage they have done in the past. Crazy. Wait, they, there's pictures of like people with their face slashed. <laughs> yeah, face, body parts, and all as constant reminders for the staff to protect themselves and not never to uh, drop their guard. I love that. That's so like not PC America. It's just like, <laughs> instead of like warning, it's just like an actual slash mark on somebody's real face. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. you, know, you don't want this to happen. Like, are there any uh, are there any killer pandas? Are there any pandas that have a body on them? Like a weird <laughs> panda? Like tell like um, yeah, Tillamook? Was it the orcas that killed? Yeah. Oh yeah. No, you know what? I'm not sure. I have no idea. <laughs> but you kind of have to beg one to kill you, though. You got to really try to cuddle it. Got to be a real you know, I've had to work with some of the pandas without um, any uh, restraint. And even the babies, the, the young juveniles that are about 100 pounds, they just knock you right over. And uh, are, they think they're playing, but, you know, they're scary and they can cut you up. Yeah. Oh my God. How did you first get introduced to them? Uh, Tinder. Yeah. You know, we really <laughs> learn about each other and their feelings. <laughs> <laughs> Take it offline. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, so usually and always for me, because I I'm I don't work there officially. I'm outside consulting. Um, I'm always with someone. So for the most part, I'm always with someone who knows pandas and uh, knows the individual and knows how they will respond. And so I'm always protected. Um, and more often than not, if there's something that's going to go wrong, I have to. I'm the first one who has to get out because uh, they want to make sure that I don't get hurt by these animals because they don't know me as much. And, and if they know, do they have like dedicated handlers that just work with them, like the yeah. way that they do with like tigers and stuff? So yeah. they have like an actual relationship with them, kind of, for lack of a better term. Yeah, and, and actually, you know, it's it's pretty amazing. Um, I've worked all over the United States now at various zoos and in China the care that they provide to these animals is quite different. In terms of, um, you know, say we had to do a surgery on an animal, a, a panda rather, they will spend all night and take shifts for two to three weeks straight watching every movement of that animal to ensure that it does not mess with its stitches and to make sure it's eating and make sure it's defecating, calculating, writing down every data point uh, for the veterinarians to follow through. This is not something I've seen before. Yeah, that's yeah. pretty amazing. Yeah. That's wow. crazy. Yeah. Um, a, a thing that I found very surprising was their, for lack of a better term, infant mortality rate in the wild. Yeah. I think what we were discussing on the, that show was about half of them survive. And that's just because mm -hmm. a lot of them will have two, two uh, or twins rather, and uh, the, the stronger one is always going to survive. It really benefits the mom uh, very little to have and raise two pandas. Uh, they're, they're born rather altricial, meaning they, they're, they're just pieces of gum <laughs> like when they come out <laughs> <Really>? <laughs> yeah. 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 And, 
And uh, and they really have to uh, work really hard to ensure that they're safe. And they're, they're going to be in areas that have wild extremes of temperature. So they're in mountainsides and at nighttime it can get very cold. And so having two bears to protect and to keep warm is not an easy thing. And then on top of that, you have to consume uh, 40 pounds or more because you're a mom producing milk of uh, bamboo. And so uh, trying to produce enough milk for... Um, uh, what do you call it? The two bears is two. a difficult thing. Yeah, it's it's just fascinating though that they have two, right? Like not it, it seems like the res- like the it seems like the biological resources when they're pregnant they they go to the baby, you know, it's just going to double the amount and the the amount of tax put on the mom then too. Sure. Well, the fortunate thing is that when the babies are born, they're quite tiny, like no more than three to five ounces. Yeah. <laughs> Usually animals only have as many babies as, as they, they have, have boobs. Have, have boobs. Yeah. yeah. So <laughs> like, well, usually like, or they have an ec- one extra boob. Like humans have one. Horses have one. They've got two boobs. I guess pandas have two nipples, right? So they usually should, so they should have one. Dogs, no, yeah. dogs in a litter will have multiple in a litter because they've got 10 boobs. But yeah. Yeah. But, octopus. Yeah. So they have more babies. And octopus oh. have eight uh, boobs. Oh, well, who knew that? I didn't know that. They are not mammals. Well, yeah, but... No. They have no, they have oh. no boobs. <laughs> oh, that's my doctor girlfriend. Right, I got you. I love you. <laughs> Took me a minute. I don't work with octopus. Yeah, well, what I was going to say was that what Lisa really wanted to ask you is, have you... Mark got me. Have you tasted panda breast milk? Uh, <laughs> I mean, that's what's in Baijiu. <laughs> <laughs> Good one. Uh, but, but no, they, so they, they, they do actually, they breastfeed, right? Yeah. Yeah. We saw them doing it on 60 Minutes. Yeah. Is that <laughs> the most ridiculously cute thing in the world? I, I like to think I'm cuter, you know, but um, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, it's adorable. <laughs> <laughs> I think you're cuter too, actually, Dr. Mark. Okay, we've been circling yeah. around this long enough. Uh, why, why are pandas so not horny? What a weird, what a weird legacy they have. People that don't know anything about pandas, the one thing they know is that they do not smash. <laughs> you know, so uh, just like humans, actually. Um, they're very particular about who they want to pair with. And unfortunately for pandas, they're just like humans. Which <laughs> 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 <We're> humans? Yeah. <laughs> okay, some humans. Um, <laughs> Uh, but it, they're very choosy. It, it's about the pheromones. How does this bear smell? Do, do they match with me? Do they have enough uh, genetic diversity that's going to carry on my species? They're bottlenecked, unfortunately. So whereas there may have been tens of twenties of thousands of bears all throughout the world or all throughout the region way back when, now there's only just a couple thousand, 3,000 max that are living um, all in disparate areas. So that are even separated by roadways and development. So there may be in like uh, a, a park that's dedicated to pandas, but there's two pandas living there. Or, and then there's no way to get to the next park, which has 20 pandas, you know? So breeding is a, is a hard thing for them. Uh, their, their, their habitat is, is disjointed. And then the numbers mm-hmm. of bears itself are, are much, much lower. So they, it's hard for them to um, choose. 
uh, from a variety, you know. Wait, so when their numbers were up and they were in their natural habitat, you think that they were mating more? Yeah, and, and they, they had so many more bears to choose from, and it was just easier. And so they were allowed to be selective at that point. But their selectiveness is no longer applicable in these days when they have a bottleneck and there's not many left. So they would have like a Sadie Hawkins dance or something? and Yeah, yeah. Yeah, maybe yeah. a key party. They do need Panda Tinder. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, so what is the process like of... Like, have you been a part of the 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 husbandry? Husbandry is how they live, like yeah. their oh, environment. I, I thought <laughs> I was to trying to find a classy way stuff. of have you been there when they fuck? <laughs> oh. But apparently, <laughs> I used the wrong term. You mean like? Hu- I mean, I don't know. Dark- husbandry as opposed to wifey, husbandry and wifey. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's yeah. what he means. Yeah. yeah, that's exactly what he means. Yeah, but they're like, hey, I'm your husband. <laughs> <laughs> What up, girl? I'm yeah. your husband. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, and then he puts his panda thing in her panda thing. <laughs> what are their wieners like? <laughs> uh, four inches, three inches. <laughs> but thick? They they bring in the girth game or what? Uh, no, no, they're kind of like a dog, actually. Uh, and I've had to, we were experimenting, I'm like doing a hand movement. I was experimenting. You definitely to- just made a hand movement. <laughs> yeah. Okay. That's the part that's okay, going on. Okay, now well. you got me. Yep. What? Yeah, now let's, he's interested. Let's, let's rewind this whole thing. So so I'll rewind a little bit. Um, the way mm-hmm. we're... Uh, so normally, we will try to breed the pandas. And that's always the first mm-hmm. thing that we go to. But if the pandas... Am I correct that you're going to jerk off a panda by the end of this? Uh, that's part of the story. So <laughs> okay, go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah. Um, so <laughs> our attempt is always to breed um, pandas that have the most genetic diversity and the probability of survival. And so we pair pandas and try to see if they're going to breed. But that doesn't always work because the pandas just might not um, get it in right or they just don't want to breed because they don't like each other's smell or what have you or bad hair day. Wait, when you say get it in, like they're not like literally getting it in his his thing and her thing sometimes, properly? Sometimes the male just has no understanding of how to do this. So he'll breed her head. He'll breed her ear. He'll breed her side. He'll breed, yeah. He just won't get it what? in. What? And the female will just be He's like a chubby in. chaser. He just yeah. he just goes for whatever he gets. And the female's no help. No, she, she just doesn't sits there. give she's any like, kind of guidance. She's like, it's right there, but I'm not gonna. She just waits until he gets it in. And, uh, <laughs> Wait. So when when he doesn't do it right, if he goes for an elbow or something, he still finishes. No, he can't finish. I mean, he has to get it in, but he's trying. He's trying in every which way. But I mean, trying to teach him how to get oh, it in the right place is not an easy thing for us. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, what's that process like? So, is there um, a video of somebody doing it right? Is there marital aids? <laughs> some, some actually have uh, shown panda porn to the pandas to see if that might help, but I don't know. Shut panda porn? The what? front yeah. door. Um, success, I, I, I'm not exactly sure because, uh, you know. I was going to ask that as a joke. But no, you're not just going right past this. What, what is this panda porn? You know, is this a rated R uh, podcast? <laughs> Dude, do you. Do you. Yeah. yeah. Go X-rated. But honestly, it, it's I'm just for it. filming some actual pandas having actual sex successfully. And hopefully uh-huh. that would stimulate the pandas to or help them learn how to do it appropriately. Uh, okay. And who is in charge of this video? Do we have a veterinarian <laughs> taking this? Or have you thought about bringing in, you know, director of photography, maybe getting Vivid Video involved and like, right. really capturing – some 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 panda penetration. 
you know? <laughs> That's a good idea. I didn't even think about that. So Thank you. It was also on regular VHS. So. <laughs> <laughs> that is wild. And, and then they like… So are the, are both the pandas in an enclosure together and they put on the porn and just like light some candles or something? Uh, I, I haven't been a part of that, but it's, uh, I would only presume. I think candles are probably a fire hazard, so probably not. Mm. So, <laughs> valid point. Um, but I, I'm not sure what the success of that is. I, uh, they haven't instituted that at our facility that I work at. Uh, but the next step, if they don't successfully breed, is to select them for artificial insemination. Okay. And the process therein is actually, we use something called an electro-ejaculator. Have you heard that term before? Um, yes. We did it to cows in vet school. Oh, thank God you didn't yeah. just say we did it. <laughs> uh, it's like, babe, that's between us. <laughs> um, is that the, the, the rocket up the ass thing? Yeah. Yeah. Is that what it is? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So we anesthetize them. Um, we have to anesthetize them. And then we, we, we insert the rocket in the ass. And we collect the semen. <laughs> That's the technical okay, term. Okay, so you're, you're not ass. doing hand stuff. You're just going for… So, um, in, as part of an experiment, a colleague of mine and I actually tried. We wanted to try to see what it was like to not anesthetize the pandas and see if there was a possibility for us to actually collect semen just by manual stimulation. <laughs> uh-huh. And so, unfortunately, <laughs> I didn't have the right technique. We used lube. I warmed up my hands. I, you know, <laughs> whispered in its ear. Nothing worked. <laughs> no way. And well, you're like the first dude to do this? You had to like pitch this as a… Is this a, a published paper? No, yeah. I don't… We weren't that as successful. So, I don't know if we want to publish that. <laughs> but, you know, I, um, uh, I've been practicing my whole life. So, I'm not sure why it didn't work. But, you know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you, you've stumped the you've stumped the joke maker over here. Oh, I, no, I am just enthralled yeah, here. Uh, wait, but they wake up out of this haze, and their keister hurts. They don't know what happened. Yeah, I mean that's that's a violation of trust. <laughs> yeah, but he's gonna breed us because that's what that's what they want. They want to perpetuate their breed. So. Yeah. We're doing it for them. But a very cool thing that I, I never would have known was the way that they're uh, they're trained to give their paw. Yeah. For, for blood. blood draws. Yeah. A lot of zoo animals are trained like that. Most zoo animals actually are really? trained like that. Unless mm-hmm. it's a Joe Exotic zoo animal and then they just tear somebody's <laughs> arm off. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. Don't touch their paws. They hate yeah. that. <laughs> Get back to work. Exactly. So um, the rest of the process is just we after we collect the semen, we have to anesthetize the female. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we have to anesthetize the female, clean out her uh, vagina, and then um, we use a special… Because she nasty? <laughs> we want to make sure it's perfect. <laughs> Ooh, girl. First, we shame her. You, yeah, you're going <laughs> to shame… You're shaming a Ooh, girl, you nasty. <laughs> <laughs> and you doucher. Um, and then we, we use a, a special vaginal scope. So we can go in there and look inside. And uh, then we take the semen, and then we put it right inside of the cervix. Okay. And what is the success rate with that? Uh, so it's been getting better and better every year. So, uh, you know, back when this whole process started about 20, 30 years ago, the success rate was very poor. Maybe, um, you know, I don't even want to give a number because I'm going to get it wrong. But going on till today, uh, the success rate is, is not bad at all. So last year or two years ago, we had about seven to eight, maybe actually 11 pandas born. And we did maybe 15, mm-hmm. 20 anesthesias. So it's not bad. Wow, that's great. Yeah. yeah. I, I remember actually, yeah, when there were like 
there were some years we couldn't even get any pandas born, right? Yeah. Or maybe like one or two. Yeah. So the scientists... You say born? No, yeah, born. Yeah. <laughs> okay. No born pandas that year. Yeah. <laughs> Just making sure. Uh, is that an apostrophe D on the end of born? I'm not sure. I try to spell it every once in a while, but I'm not sure. Yeah. I don't know. I like birthed. Birthed? Birthed. I like born. Uh, okay. Does the female have to be like, you know, in estrus or in the right state to get anesthetized to yeah, for that match? Absolutely. So we're constantly collecting urine, collecting feces, and looking at the estrogen levels. Um, so that way, once the estrogen level is perfect, that's when we have to anesthetize the bear. And we'll do that at midnight. We'll do that at 2 o'clock in the morning because it is the perfect time that the female will be most receptive to that semen. Wow. Have they – and I mean, I feel like if, if we're already – putting in butt plugs and jacking them off, they must have tried drugging them to make them hornier. You know, I'm not sure, actually. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Messing up with panda um, nutrition and, and body physiology is a tricky one. We're still learning so much. Yeah, I mean, I'm not saying like Viagra or anything. I'm thinking Molly, <laughs> you know, and just... Just make them happier? Yeah, just yeah. see what happens. Okay. So a uh, uh, panda rolling we its face off. We could see that as Dr. Mark's next research paper. Yeah, yeah pitch that, I'll dude. publish it, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it slaps. Uh, okay, so... I have, uh, this is great. I'm absolutely loving all of this. Can't thank you enough. Um, I have a first ever uh, game to be played on here that uh, we're going to call Defend Your Species, okay? (laughs) If anybody wants to read a riveting panda slam piece, might I suggest from the UK's Independent, an article by a real crank named David Thomas entitled, The World's Most Useless Creature. Uh, and the, the first question that he puts forward is, what use do pandas have? Go. The most amazing thing actually about pandas is maybe they not might not be the most important ecologically anymore because their numbers are down. The funding that goes into saving giant pandas because they're so cute winds up saving so many more animals out there. Wow. It's called uh, an umbrella species. So This one animal is protecting all these other species that most people don't care about and don't realize how important they are. Because of the the research. they're cute. Yeah. Yeah, So like the research that it it affects the other animals because we learn stuff about them. Right. So the the cute factor of pandas brings in cash, which then saves all these other animals that are so much more important ecologically. That you kind of uh, just just answered the next question also. Uh, David Thomas calls them superficially attractive in an obvious sort of way, but entirely lacking in any genuine accomplishment. <laughs> but <laughs> this guy's the biggest jerk off in the world. Okay, we have your response to that. Uh, okay, uh, and then he then says, uh, not that they could ever hunt any steak-bearing prey because the lack of energy to do anything very much except stuff their guts with all the bamboo that isn't doing them any good. Do they do anything else other than eat and sleep? They poop. <laughs> David Thomas, take that. <laughs> okay. Uh, <laughs> and and in, in closing, he says this, you will get your 30 seconds to refute or rebut, uh, that these ridiculous creatures have become the global symbol of wildlife preservation only illustrates the way in which the conservation movement so often appeals to the kitten cuddling nitwits who pretend to love animals. A shark is an infinitely more 
impressive creature, perfectly adapted to the task of swimming, killing, and eating, and far more deserving of preservation. But since it lacks cuteness, and since the creatures it eats sometimes include humans, it is oddly absent from animal charity logos. <laughs> Should sharks get all this money? <laughs> Defend your species. You know what? Sharks are on a lot of logos out there for, for bringing in cash, for, for different wildlife associations. But the panda, as again, it, because it is an umbrella species, this is the way to go. If this is what taps into the mindset of humans to be able to provide care or, or, or donate to wildlife organizations, we'll tap into that for sure. And, and not for nothing. You know, even though the sharks are out there eating fish and, and, and humans and babies and whatnot, what if, what, if, what if bamboo takes over the world? You know, who's going to kill the bamboo? <laughs> like, that's what pandas are for. Also, pandas slash people. We did hear this too. Right. But no, they, they are the, uh, they're, they're the groundskeepers of, of, of the globe. Yeah. Because bamboo grows like a mother. It does. Like people plant it in their backyard and it takes over their whole backyard in like a couple of years. Well, dude, I think, you, I think you defended your species. And for that, we thank you. I think it's amazing. Um, China has done a really great thing with turning 180 degrees for protection of species because prior to the movement for protecting wildlife, wildlife was really just a commodity for them to consume. Mm -hmm. And so the whole culture in China is changing at a rapid pace for animal protection. And that's largely because of an influence from the Western culture onto Chinese culture, wherein now the people, the, the next generation is saying, we don't want to kill these animals. We want to protect them. And that leads to protecting the next animal and then the next animal. and the ne So really, the pandas are the domino effect that protects the other animals. And it's a wonderful, wonderful thing. Huh. How about that? Yeah. And does that lead into your mind at all? Anything that's happened with, um, well, I think your species really is the pangolin. <laughs> yeah. You were messing around with, with pangolins and bats and coronavirus before it was cool. Yeah, actually, um, that was my primary research was looking in pangolins to find viruses of pandemic potential. Just Crazy. so we could use that as a way to protect the species since they're the world's most trafficked animal or mammal, at least. But pangolins are the world's most trafficked mammal? Yeah. Yeah. What for? Food, right? Uh, mostly for, well, they consume them in the areas that they're from, but more importantly, they use them for traditional Chinese medicine. Really? Yeah. So the medicine is also possibly the source of the virus? Well, no one's actually, well, we haven't proven that pangolins are the source of coronavirus that we know of today, but there's a potential. Uh, we don't know how it's transmitted. If it is pangolins, we don't know how it's transmitted, but it is a potential that it could be uh, their scales, or any product of the pangolin that they're consuming. Wow. Um, for anybody that hasn't treated themselves to Googling pangolin, could you describe yeah. uh, what a pangolin looks like? I would say a battle rat. <laughs> uh, it, you know, if you are a fan of uh, Pokemon, I would say they look like a sand shrew. That is hella specific. <laughs> if somebody... A lot of people love Pokemon. <laughs> I know, but that's like a double Google. It's like, <laughs> yeah. now you got to look up Pangolin and that thing. Uh, okay. But in fun fact, um, mm -hmm. 
there's three main countries that are responsible for trafficking penguins. That's China and Vietnam uh, because of traditional Chinese medicine and consumption. But there's a third country. Do you happen to know what it could be? I feel mm. like it's going to be the U.S. Yeah, it's the United States. Wow, um, I guess. I intuited. Two reasons. One is also because of the Chinese population that wants the medicine. But the other one is because um, a fake news story came out a few years ago in India that stated that pangolin scales have amphetamines in them. So oh, the drug God. trade was oh, crazy. Spurring. Wait, so people crazy. are smoking pangolin dust? At least you know, the ones who believe it. Yeah. <laughs> Hell yeah. For nothing. Oh, man. What's more I American? I just swelled up with a whole new bit of patriotism. This is great. <laughs> God bless America. Get out there and smoke those pangolin meth scales. Uh, well, dude, I mean, that that is fascinating, and uh, we would love to have you on any time. Uh, there's really only one thing left to do, Dr. Mark, and that is to determine by way of a quiz if you – Deserve pandas. That's right. <laughs> it's the We Don't Deserve Pandas edition of We yep. Don't Deserve Dogs. Mm-hmm. You know what it is? It's time for a quiz about dogs and shit. It comes in the form of a three-question test, multiple choice, and uh, it's it's pass-fail. This is Brown University. Okay, us pen guys, <laughs> we're going to get through this one. Okay, question one. If one Googles the term panda orgy, they will find a PG-rated graphic art depiction of just that in the form of what? Bedsheets, phone case, skateboard tape. Ghislaine Maxwell is only being served raw pangolin in prison. What? Oh my God. <laughs> is eyes. that how you pronounce her name? <laughs> yes. No, you pronounce it Ghislaine. I'm That's positive. <laughs> it's definitely pronounced Jizzlane. <laughs> um, so there, it was bed sheets, tape. It's, yes. Uh, bed sheets, phone case, skateboard tape, or Ghislaine Maxwell is only being served raw penguin in prison. <laughs> so I'm guessing skateboard tape. That is correct. That (laughs) is correct. Uh, Yeah, yeah. For just $30, you can cover your skateboard deck in a panda orgy. Wow. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. Uh, In the song, question number two, in the song that I was singing at the beginning of this, well, not at the beginning, in the middle of the episode of Panda, 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 in which the hip-hop artist designer says panda a bunch and then mumbles about having broads in Atlanta, Panda means what? A white BMW Model X6 car with black detailing, a husky white guy that falls out of a tree, an ebony exotic dancer covered in Columbia's finest powder, or a Twinkie covered in chocolate chips. Wow. A Twinkie covered in chocolate chips. Chocolate. (laughs) I love it. (laughs) Chocolate dog chips. Oh, my God. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God. (laughs) An ebony dancer in powder? And that is oh, incorrect. That would have been my guess. I know. That would have been I, my it, guess. It, it was a Why tough one. Why did you do that? A white BMW Model X6 car with black detailing. If you look it up, it does look a lot like a panda. Okay. Uh, and also, I ran out of, I, I, full disclosure, I ran out of options when I was writing this, and I'm aware that Twinkies are not white. 
Okay, they are yellowish, so that didn't make sense <laughs> technically. They have white filling, though. Fair enough. Okay. Um, so, so this this is high stakes here. Okay, this is. Wait, have uh, you ever had a fry Twinkie? Oh, so good, babe. Mark oh. Hold it together. Doctor Mark doesn't eat fry Twinkies. He saves all his calories for <laughs> Cheetos. Uh, Cheetos. Okay, <laughs> question three for all the marbles. According to Urban Dictionary. A panda can mean all of the following things except for what? (laughs) A police cruiser, a close friend that you tell everything to, an obese Asian girl to whom you make marital love, or a dirty snowman. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> oh my god come on dude you gotta um, got get ready for the boards man I'm trying to help wait, you out did you say obese snowman that you make love to no it was <laughs> it's a police cruiser is- a close friend that you tell everything to an obese Asian girl to whom you make marital love or oh. a dirty snowman oh <laughs> okay okay um I would have to go with the 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 dirty snowman. <laughs> that is correct. Wow, uh, amazing. And uh, let me just say and apologize to our listeners that I thought I made up the term dirty snowman while I was on Urban Dictionary, but it turns out. I did not. Um, if anybody <laughs> is not of the faint of heart, look up Urban Dictionary, oh God. Dirty Snowman. Um, and also feel oh. bad for me when I come across things on his computer by accident. Yeah, I'm positive <laughs> that I'm going to get some messages from our listeners of like, dude, Dirty Snowman, that was rough. Oh. So, but oh that, none of that matters because it turns out that you, you deserve, deserve pink You deserve pink <laughs> 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 yeah. You don't deserve uh, You deserve yes, We are not the editing that out that yeah, stays no. as it is uh well dude you were such a great de- guest man thank you so much uh we can't we really can't thank you enough this was so fun My having pleasure. you on thank next you, time you'll friend. think twice about saying yes to our, our podcast that i asked you to do yeah <laughs> stop answering people on the internet man. <laughs> that's my problem yeah. uh, so and nice. tell people again where they can find you uh, my instagram is potato tuto p-o-t-o-t-a-t-u-t-t-o p-o-t yeah, they'll figure I, it out. Yeah. Uh, guys, you know everything of mine is at Richie Redding. And you guys keep listening to my album and telling me about it. And nothing tickles my fancy more than that. Yes. Number one album of the year. Number one album of That's the year. That's what it's actually called. Number yep, one album of the year. Because I'm a dick. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> I'm at Dr. Lisa Littman. I'm going to probably con Dr. Mark into doing some uh, Instagram stuff with me to talk about whatever he wants to talk about. Very this, cool. this episode, you you forced him to talk about pandas, but we're going to talk about whatever he wants to talk about. Fair enough. Very okay. nice. <laughs> All right. Thank you so much, man. Thanks. Thank you, Bye. guys. Bye. Bye-bye. Thank you so much for listening to We Don't Deserve Dogs. I'm Richie Redding. And I'm Dr. Lisa Lippman. Yeah. And you can find both of us at our respective handles, those exact names, at Richie Redding, at Dr. Lisa Lippman. And uh, I just want to give special thanks to our editor, of course, who is Jordan Aaron, and our executive producer, King Joffrey himself, Jeff Umbro, of The Podglomerate. And you can find more of their shows at thepodglomerate.com. Some of the music in this episode comes from Breakmaster Cylinder. Make sure to check out the sponsors you heard in this episode because that really helps provide the show to you free 
of charge. Let them know we sent you. It also really helps people to find the show if you rate and review on Apple Podcasts or share an episode on socials. Tag us at We Don't Deserve Dogs and let us know what you thought. We'll see you next week when we return with another episode of We Don't Deserve Dogs. All content provided on We Don't Deserve Dogs is for informational purposes and entertainment value only. None of the content on We Don't Deserve Dogs is intended to constitute third-party veterinary advice or any other third-party professional advice. The content We Don't Deserve Dogs distributes or transmits should not be considered as a substitute for any type of professional veterinary advice. Nothing on We Don't Deserve Dogs is intended to be used as a veterinarian's diagnosis, veterinary treatment, or any other veterinary service and should not be relied on to affect the medical therapy of any pet. Nothing transmitted to or from We Don't Deserve Dogs can replicate a true doctor-patient relationship between yourself and a veterinarian. Your dependence on the content of any information found on or transmitted by We Don't Deserve Dogs is at your own risk. For veterinary care and advice, please see your veterinarian.